Hello and welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, both empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Oh, Father, we just thank You for this morning. We thank You, Lord God, that You've got good things in store for us today. We thank You for Your Word. We pray that it would become like lightning into our hearts and into our minds. Speak to us, Lord, we pray. Uh, may we understand all that is being said. May we, may we understand Your translation, God, uh, in our own hearts and in our own lives. Let it translate to reality of our own life. Uh, every word that's spoken today in Jesus' Name, Amen. I think that's always a good prayer to pray because often, you know, I can be speaking away and we're all kind of like, you know, in dream world somewhere off, floating off somewhere else. It's always good to pray that Holy Spirit begins to translate for you the way that what you need for your life right now. Because I don't know, you know, a lot of you and I don't know a lot of what's going on in your life. And so it's always good to have a Holy Spirit translator going on in your world so that you can actually be impacted by what's being said uh, this morning. And so um, it's a privilege to be bringing a few thoughts to you this morning. I just had a great nine o'clock service. It was unbelievable. And, um, you know, and, and, and by the way, it always goes, you know, from strength to strength, right? From glory to glory. So you, you're in the hot seat, you guys and girls. You're in the hot seat. Get ready for this. And anyone doing any uh, New Year's resolutions, you reckon, for 2021? Any, uh, any thoughts? Anyone been thinking about it? Uh, <clears throat> let me give you the top 10, just for, as a bit of a help if you want to get into it. The top 10 resolutions uh, that are made at New Year's Eve. By the way, why don't you help me? What do you reckon number one might be? Yeah, 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 yeah. Always, always, always. Lose weight. <laughs> Uh, the second one is I got to exercise more. The third one is you know save more and spend less. I got to you know I want to save more and not spend so much. Um, learn a new skill. Quit smoking. Read more. Find another job. <laughs> Drink less alcohol. It's a goodie. Uh, spend more time with family and friends. Um, so there's some help for you if, if you kind of feel like you need some help in working out what your resolutions should be for, uh, for next year. I, I, don't, I think they're good to do, personally. I think it's good to kind of like, you know, have a moment uh, at least once a year to actually say, well, you know, what, what things need to change? What needs to happen in my life? Um, here are the stats, though, in regards to those resolutions. You want to hear how many people actually, for, you're, already, you're laughing already because you know that uh, pretty much all of them, well, no, at least half of them uh, have uh, not been met just by the end of January. I mean, by the end of January, it's all out the window. And uh, they say that 8%, only 8% of us are successful in achieving our resolutions. 8%. So out of every 100 people, 8 people uh, actually find success in achieving their, the, their resolution. Here's the cool thing. God has already given you and I a list of resolutions. He's given a list of resolutions for us. We don't actually have to make any up. They're actually already there. We don't have to think them up. We just simply deploy them. Um, let me give you some, shall I? Okay. So, I mean, as you know, big picture, God promises freedom. Freedom from addiction, 
deliverance from sin, financial provision, hope for the lost and hurting, family and friends, overcoming depression, recovering a marriage, good health, healing, being free from fear and anxiety, strength, and many more uh, promises that are actually there for us. Here's Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. We just sung that about that, victory in Christ. The, the battle belongs to the Lord. The, 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 the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. If you honor your father and your mother, you will live long in the land that the Lord God is giving you. Isaiah 40, verse 29. He gives strength to the... You can help me with this because some of these scriptures are so, uh, you know, a lot of people do know them. He gives strength to the who? The weak or the weary and increases the power of the weak. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their what? They will soar on wings like? They will run and not grow? They will walk and not be? Very good. It's interesting that we know this stuff. Just keep that thought for a moment. So do not fear for I am with you. This is Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41, verse 13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. What a great promise. Isaiah 43, verse two. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Uh, Isaiah 54, verse 10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Isaiah 54, verse 17, no weapon formed against you well, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. James 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. What a great promise. James 4, verse 7, submit yourselves then to God, Resist the devil and he's going to flee. 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins. He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What a great promise. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What a great promise. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse eight, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. What about Jeremiah 29, verse 11? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you or to hurt you, but to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. What about John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have what? John 8 verse 36, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 
Uh, Mark 11, 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be. No, it's yours. It's yours. This is the Word of God. Joshua chapter, nah, let's not go there. We'll go there soon. (laughs) Psalm chapter 18, verse three, I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. Psalm chapter 23, verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Just about a wrap. Uh, Psalm 27, verse one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I Fear, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Man, that's good. Psalm chapter 34, verse 17. I could just do this all morning, couldn't I? Hey, we could just go through, let's just go through Scripture. Uh, Psalm 34, verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Psalm 37, verse four, take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. I want God to give me the desires of my heart. Yeah, but you've got to delight yourself in the Lord. When you delight yourself in the Lord, then the desires of your heart are accomplished because the desires of your heart become God's desires. <laughs> God's desires become your desires. Okay. Psalm chapter 50, verse 15. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honour me. Psalm 86, verse four. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Proverbs 13, 11. Uh, Proverbs 22, verse six. Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. There we go. Every parent should be claiming that promise. Right? Um, oh, there's so many. I got so many. It's so good. Luke 11, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you dads, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If, if, if you then Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Man, I don't know how many I just read to you, but there are 33,000 of those promises in the Word of God. (laughs) There's a lot. Uh, we, We would be here for days reading those promises. So I guess what's this all about? My concern is that we have these promises of God and yet as people of God, many of us struggle to receive or to walk into those promises. Why? I mean, I got excited by reading those verses. You know, you kind of feel the level of faith lift in the room. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, claiming every one of those, but we go out, we walk out of here, and it's like, did it just stay here? Is this where it just remains? Like this, that's why some people love church so much is because when they come into this environment, faith picks up again, but as soon as they walk out, faith drops. But, but here's the thing. It's, uh, we've got to learn to walk this out. 
so that actually those promises do become reality in our life. But there are things against you. There is a work against you that's hindering you, preventing you from actually walking into those promises and getting any of those promises that God has for your life. It's an interesting dynamic. Uh, we would say, well, let's blame, you know, let, let's blame, um, let's blame the country, the way the country's going. I guess we could do that. We could say it was getting, seemed to be getting a little bit darker. We could blame that or we can blame the devil. Should we blame the devil? Because he has a lot to, be, uh, to answer for. Um, but there are things that probably we need to understand in our own life that we need to take responsibility for as well. And yes, there, are, there is a battle going on. Paul said it's not flesh and blood we fight against, but against principalities and powers of darkness. And so, yes, we have that going on. There is a battle. But, you know, in the Old Testament, in Joshua, the book of Joshua, okay, the Israelites have been in Egypt for 400 years. They'd been its slaves in Egypt. The book of Joshua shows us a point of time where, the, um, where Moses has led the people of Israel out of Egypt and into the wilderness. They couldn't go any further. Where they were meant to get to was to the promised land. The wilderness was where they lived, but the promised land was where they were meant to get to. They were supposed to get through it in 11 days. It takes 11 days to walk from Egypt to Canaan. So uh, what that was meant to happen in 11 days happened over 40 years. 40 years. Do you know why? Do you know what, what, what it actually was that kept them this is no trick question, by the way. It's all in the Word of God. What, what it was that actually kept them in the wilderness, they couldn't receive the promises of God. And remember, Old Testament is always a typology of our own life. So, you know, like, for example, where they, where, where they had a land of promises, we have a, the book of promises, right? I've just read a whole heap of them, okay? Um, where they had to fight their enemies, we get to fight, you know, we have a spiritual fight, on our hands in regards to principalities and powers of darkness, okay? They had real enemies they had to fight. Okay, so it's a typology. So uh, what do you think it was that kept them in the wilderness? Does anyone remember? Does anyone, what's the word of God say? Was it because of adultery? Was it because they broke the Ten Commandments? Sorry? Complaining. That was it. I mean, how pathetic. How pathetic complaining, grumbling, groaning, moaning about their current situation. So, they, so, so they're in Egypt, they're in slavery, they're being whipped, they're being beaten, and they're eating onions and leeks. <laughs> I mean, who eats onions and leeks today? It's like, my gosh, how does that work? What, what, I mean, how does it go? Th- anyway, well, let's... I don't know, it's just it's mind-boggling, isn't it? And yet, here they are, they're, they're free. They're now free. They're out of slavery. Moses has come and he's freed them out of slavery. And they're, deli- they're delivered from the, uh, the Egyptians. And they get in and they're straight away, like straight away. They're walking to the promised land. They're walking to Canaan and straight away, they start complaining they, they, they find they, they hit a bit of a difficult situation. They find that their circumstance isn't quite going the way that they want it to. And what do they do? They complain and they grumble and they moan and they groan. And, 
And so God couldn't take them into the promised land. Why? Because their moaning and their grumbling and their complaining showed them that although they were now free from slavery, they weren't free. They were free, but they weren't free. And how true it is of our own life as Christians. We come to know Jesus Christ. There's a point in our life when we surrender, supposedly surrender everything over to Jesus. But we never attain to the promises of God in His Word because we haven't yet let go of the slavery mentality of the past in our life. And we allow our sla- the slavery of days gone by to rob us of the freedom we now have in Jesus Christ. So you think about it for your own life. You think about, I read a lot of those promises. I can't believe the number of Christians that fear, that are, that are anxious. Uh, I, you know, and it's not abnormal. Like it should be, I think it should be abnormal, but it's not abnormal. And I think that there's a reason for it. And I think it is ultimately that when we give our life to Christ, we find ourselves a helpmate, but we don't necessarily let go of the things that have kept us in slavery. And so we have an attachment or we have a, a, a tag on or a, a, like um, Jesus, we know that you, know, you are with us. We know that uh, we don't have to fear, but I'm still afraid. We don't have to be anxious, but I'm still anxious. We, we, you know, and so on and so on. There's so much of our life that doesn't necessarily depict Christ's way for our life. And I reckon the reason for that is, is because yes, you're free when you come to know Christ. You are free. But the second thing the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2, it says, You now need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can be free, but bound up. I'm free, but I'm bound. I'm free, but I'm in chains. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. So let me talk about that for a moment, because I think that with chains, we would probably liken chains to being like, uh, like, like, like cycles. So there are, there are things that go on in our world that we've never really dealt with, and they now become cycles in our, in our world. So I'm talking about the Israelites walking around the desert, the wilderness for 40 years. The Bible says they went round and round the mountain. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. Yeah! You know what I mean? So, so they're going around. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. So they're going around the mountain, round and round, round and round, round and round. And, uh, and you know, for some of them, they might have thought, well, hey, it's just a season we're going through. Well, in actual fact, there was a reason for them going around the mountain. And they actually needed to deal to the reason, and that was the slavery mentality. In fact, they couldn't deal with it. They actually had to die. And then a new generation, so this is, this, is, this is key, a new generation had to rise up to actually take on the promises of God because, and they were able to because they had never known slavery. Okay? So what you, what, okay. I'm trying to get, my head is running faster than my mouth, which is always a good thing. Uh, so, So 400 years of slavery, 40 years of freedom, but in the wilderness. 
And yet that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't God's plan. And what kept them out was negativity, grumbling, complaining, and moaning. But to be really, you know, behind all of that was this victim mentality. I'm stuck over here. Let me go back to Egypt. It was much better than being whipped and beaten. Let me go back to Egypt because I just want to have onions and leeks. I'm sick of this manna coming down from heaven. I mean, but the thing is, it seems laughable, but it's so true, even for us today. Why do you want to go back there? It was onions and leeks. What are, what are you thinking? And the, the, the problem is you're not thinking. It's far better over here than it is over here. Here you are free. Here you are free. And the reason why we're not free is because we haven't, we've, we've come to know Christ and we've stopped the journey. And we're just walking around. Thank you, Jesus. Got to come to church. Got to read my word. Got to pray. But nothing's going on in my mind, in my heart, in my own life. There's no breakthrough going on. And I, and I feel like I'm doing all the right things but there's something holding me back or there are some things holding me back. So here are the promises of God. Here's my life. I'm out of slavery and I'm in the middle. I'm in the wilderness and I'm walking around, walking around, walking around and it becomes a cycle and it's not a season. Seasons are awesome because you know, you know when winter's gone, you know summer's come. We think summer's come. <laughs> right, but it is the season for summer. And so we're, we're all rejoicing about that because we love summer. Uh, well, I love summer. Sorry, I shouldn't say we because some people don't. Some people would rather have winter. That's fine. We love our seasons. It's a season. But a cycle, a cycle is something we're just going around. So we kind of, oh, yeah, getting through it, getting through it. Oh, something happens. We're back into it again. Oh, getting through it, getting through oh. it. Something happens, we're back into it again. And we just keep going round and round and round. And, no, and, and, and even though I'm free in the wilderness, praising Jesus, I'm free, feeling good, but not so good because I know I should be over here, but I'm still kind of milling around here. And the reason why I'm milling around here is because I haven't yet learned to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. My mind has not yet caught up with the fact that it's actually free. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can be walking around in the wilderness, praise Jesus, and saying, I'm under the grace of God. I know God's grace for my life. But I've got this victim's mentality, this slavery mentality that keeps pulling me back that way rather than into that and so what, what, what it is, is I'm walking around and around and around and I'm driving myself crazy and I'm getting giddy. Uh, you know, because I, I am not fully understanding or fully realizing what it is that needs to happen right now to get me out of that cycle. Well, I think first of all, you've got to recognize there's a cycle. Second, you know, you know you've got to recognize it. What cycle are you in right now? What's the cycle? What's the thing that's been like? Look, it might not even be you. It might be previous generations. You know, previous generations who have kind of shown a way of living 
or a kind of a culture uh, that's actually been brought into, into your life and it's never been, you know, and it's been a culture that hasn't necessarily been the most positive culture. It's a culture that's anti-God, the way of God and the ways of God. And you kind of think often, or we kind of think often as well, you know, it was okay for them and it was okay for them. So it's okay for me, but, but what's if it's not? What's if actually really being free is learning to let go of culture, let go of past things and actually walking into a whole, walking in a whole new place in God? Okay, so how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, let me give you three points because there should always be three points at the end of a message. Number one, get back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about your situation? What does the Word of God say about your relationships? What does the Word of God say about your finances? What does the Word of God say? And by the way, stop taking verses out of context. We're getting married, so it's okay. Oh, sorry, where'd that come from? Who's heard that one before? Come on, who's heard that one before? Where's that in the Word of God? What does the Word say? Look, look, seriously, fine, if you like it. Keep doing this. What's insanity? Doing the same thing and thinking you're going to get a different result. That's Insanity. There is so much more. But some things have to be done differently to the way they've been done. Get back to the Word of God. Secondly, you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to help you, to guide you, to lead you, to help you to understand the Word of God, to be your translator to enable you and to empower you. You know, this grace thing, I was talking about this grace, you know, being under the grace of God. I'm under the grace of God, I can do whatever I want. Rubbish. That's not what grace is all about. Grace of God is not doing what you want to do. Grace of God is now empowering you to do what you ought to do. It's empowering you to do what you ought to do. Do the right thing. And number three, Victory, which is all, you know, our worship was all about that this morning. Victory. Victory. There's vic- so number one, the Word of God. Number two, the Holy Spirit. And number three, really, it's an equation. Do you want to put the equation up, Griffin? The Word plus the Holy Spirit equals victory. Now, this is what we need to understand. is when we give our life to Christ... Jesus didn't die for us on that day that we gave our life to Jesus. He died for us 2,000 years ago, way back eons of time, right back here. This is when the victory was won. Now, when I acknowledge, I get to a point in my life on this journey and I begin to acknowledge Jesus as my Lord and Saviour now, I am free. 
I'm not free because of what's going to happen. I'm free because of what Jesus has done. I'm not free because of my, because of my future. I'm free because of what Jesus did in my past, right? 2,000 years ago, so now I'm free. Okay, so, so what, what, what happens then? Well, the Word, the Holy Spirit empowers you, enables you. Listen to this Scripture. Sorry, guys, I'm all over the place, but, you know, hopefully it's kind of like making sense. Look at this. I've got to read these Scriptures because these Scriptures are powerful. Okay, maybe I can't read those Scriptures because I... Ah, got it. Uh, oh, they're on the screen anyway. Put them on the screen, Griffin. There we go. Why didn't I just say that? 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Spirit, the, the Lord is the Spirit... And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is freedom. Okay, now look at the next Scripture. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. What are we standing firm? Where, where are we? What, what's the stand firm all about? Stand firm in your faith. Yes. Stand firm in the Word. What are you standing on? What foundation are you actually living by? What's the foundation? Because I'll tell you what, you know, a, uh, a builder goes and builds a house on sand. The rains come down and the sand washes away and the house collapses. But you build a house upon a rock and that house stands firm. What are you building your house on? What are you building your life on? And it's all in reference to the Word of God. Stand firm on the Word. Live your life according to the Word. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't allow your freedom to create a yoke of slavery around your life again. So number one, the Word. Number two, Holy Spirit. And equals three which is victory. So Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago, victory was there for me then. I acknowledge that when I come to know Christ, when I give my life to Him. So when now I'm walking into my future and I'm walking into the promises of God, I already have the victory. The victory has already been won for me. So yes, there's a battle, but what's the battle? The battle's not to get victory. The battle is the Lord's. He's already won it. He won it 2,000 years ago when He died on the cross. This is so cool. So I can fight. I can, but what am I fighting? Yes, powers of darkness, but I reckon the biggest fight is your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes, you're free, but now be transformed. Freedom, now be transformed. But what you've got so much against you, and the major thing that's against you is actually your mind and understanding transformation. So what's the where's the transformation for you? What needs to happen? What is it that you're believing for? You know, look, I'm not talking about a nice house. I'm not talking about more money. 
I'm just talking about the, all those promises that I read to you, the deep stuff, the deep inner heart stuff, the no fear, no anxiety, uh, you know, being courageous, being confident, um, you know, a whole lot of things. Peace, no, the peace of God, the love of God, the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. These are promises, the promises of God. What is it that you need right now? And what's the transformation that needs to take place for you to actually receive that promise? Father, I thank You for Your Word this morning. And I know that, look, for some people, some people understand God as a comforter, as a great shepherd, but God is also God of the breakthrough. And then where there's a cycle that needs to be broken, you know it, you know it. That cycle that needs to be broken. Man, you've got to rise up in faith. Stand off, stand firm on the Word of God and understand the Holy Spirit is with you to allow that breakthrough to happen. You can do it. The victory has already been won. You're not walking towards victory, you're walking from victory. There is a power here, even right here in this place. There's a power here. God is here. The Holy Spirit is here, willing, willing to do a work in your life that makes a change forever, that even breaks cycles that have been happening from generation to generation to generation in your past. God is a God of breakthrough. And when you acknowledge that cycle. And when you submit it to Him, you know, the greatest way of renewing your mind is by captivating every thought and submitting it to Christ. Captivate the thoughts and submit submit those thoughts to Christ. Bring them under His Lordship. So Father, I pray right now, God, help us. Because we know that there is better. We know that there is more. We know that there are, there are the deep, deeper things, God, that You want to bring into our hearts and into our lives where we don't have to, have to fear, we don't have to worry, we don't have to be anxious. We can rest in You. Transformation by the renewing of my mind brings true freedom, even though I'm free. I come against that slavery mentality right now over your life, that slavery thinking over your life. In the name of Jesus, you have been set free. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you have been set free. Freedom is here for you right now. I pray, Lord God, that that there would be an impact today, that that You, Holy Spirit, have translated this message to every single individual here in this room to such a point where there's a willingness to rise up in expectation and to rise up in faith and to believe again that God, You are who You say You are. Your Word is true. It does not lie. And I thank You for the promises yet to come. Help me to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. And to those of you who are not in relationship with Jesus, to those of you who possibly were at one point, but you will know you've walked away from Him, 
but you know that there's a cycle going on. You know that there's difficulty going on in your life. You know that even with Him so distant from you, you know that, there has, that, that it has caused uh, things to happen in your life that are causing you just to go around circle, and circle after circle after circle, cycle after cycle after cycle. Can I encourage you? You need Jesus. He is the Creator. He is the author of life. He is the one who understands you. He knows you even before you were born. He knew you. He called you by name. And you are His. And all He needs from you, all He's, all he's asking from you is to know what it is to call out to Him, to make an invitation to say, Jesus, I, I ask You into my heart. I ask You into my life. I, I, I want to be done with the past. I don't want to live in these cycles anymore. I want You to help me, Lord God, to break out of those things. I ask for Your Holy Spirit to come and to be very much a part of my life, though I don't have to do this on my own. You know what? The Bible says when you draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. If you call upon Him, He will answer you and He will show you great and mighty things. There are great and mighty things in store for you. If you would take a moment, even right now, a moment to say, Jesus, I need You. Be the Lord of my life. Be my Saviour. I'm breaking the chains of the past today and I'm walking in a whole new way and in a whole new path and a whole new direction. Jesus, would You help me? And all He will say to you is yes. Yes, I will. The Bible says that there'll be a cosmic celebration, a celebration in heaven because of you and because of the decision that you're making today. Every eye closed, every, every head bowed. If you know that's you today, you, you know you need to do that this morning, right here, right now. It's a start. Everything that's been talked about the last few minutes, everything that's been shared, kind of feeling like, man, I, I see those blockages, I see those walls, but you know you're not in relationship with, relationship with Jesus and I wanna help you this morning to get connected back to Him. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand, I'll acknowledge you've raised your hand and then I'll pray for you. Anybody here in St. Brent, would you pray for me? Just raise your hand high so I can see. God bless you, God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you over here as well, awesome, amazing. Anybody else? Over here as well, God bless. Anybody else saying, Brent, would you pray for me? I'm acknowledging that I've been away from God. I need to come back to Him. I wanna be closely connected to Him again. In a moment, that can happen. Anybody else saying, Brent, would you pray for me? Oh, Father, I just thank You for these four, four or five that have raised their hands. I thank You, Lord God, that it is a decision that's being made today. Let me tell you something. That decision that You are making right now is a decision that You will never, ever forget. You will never forget this day. It's the end of 2020. It's the end of a crazy year and it's an end of a crazy life for you. And when you step over right now into all the good things that God has for you, when you step into the invitation of asking Jesus into your life, all things become new. The Bible says, I'm a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. So Father, we claim Your Word today and we just, for these four or five that are responding, God, we pray right now in Jesus' Name. Right now, in the Name of Jesus, that You would pour out Your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I come to You. Come on, you can just repeat this after me, just even to Yourself. Uh, Jesus, I come to You today. I ask 
for a new life where the, uh, all that old stuff that's in my life, all that past stuff, all the things that I've, I've held dear to, that I know that is, it's ruining my life, it's, it's, it's wrecking me. I give them to you right now. I ask for your forgiveness. And I confess I have been trying to do it on my own, God, but I know I've failed. I've failed. So I submit afresh to you right now. And I ask you to be my Lord and my Saviour, never to be the same again. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Come on, come on, everybody, put your hands together. Let's give God some praise. Amen. We trust you enjoyed this message. And if you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch. You can either visit our website or email us at info at annasbrook.co.nz. 